Hi, I'm Alice Zhao. I'm Curtis Herbert. And I'm Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is Independence, a show where the three of us talk about our efforts to make a living from the web and mobile, and occasionally we're wiping our tears from criticism. <laughs> occasionally? <laughs> just occasionally. I'm just basically doing that all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Choking back the tears. <laughs> so I used to think I was... I would be really good at taking criticism, especially when we first started beta testing ever. I would spend time and maybe this is because I was doing this with friends and their children, but I would, I would preface every session by saying, you need to tell me the truth because anything you tell me that's negative, it's only going to make the app better. So don't worry about it. So going in, I thought, you know what? Nothing can hurt me. Oh, sweet summer child. <laughs> yeah. Until we started getting review, like reviews from strangers. Um, strangers don't care about your feelings. I know. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to ask, where are you seeing the bulk of your negative interactions, if any? If any, what are you talking about? Our applications are perfect. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. It's just me. <laughs> no, it's not just you. I get, I don't know, I just say the bulk of my negative interactions or not positive interactions are going to be from uh, my inbox, from customer support. Definitely get some one stars, but I've tried really hard to funnel as much of that towards my inbox where I can actually help them uh, than the app store. Right, right. Yeah, I think most of mine probably come via tweets and emails. I do get a relatively decent chunk of bad reviews on iTunes or whatever. But because one of the things that I do is I track social media for my app to try and see where people are talking about it so that I can kind of pick up on people who are just kind of shouting into the void as much as possible. <laughs> and I kind of recommend that, but also don't because mm -hmm. that's where you will get the majority of the people who have like, they don't even use reviews to, to yell at you. They just, they just shout at the void. Complain to all their friends. Yeah. So um, that, that's, that tends to be where most of the negative stuff comes from. So where do yours come from, Alice? It would be between the one star reviews and emails. One of the earliest um, complaints and one-star reviews we would get is that users were not getting audio from our app and assuming that it, we had just shipped a bad app with no audio. And it's a language app. I'm pretty sure we would ship it with audio. And they would just automatically put down a one-star review and just say, does not contain audio, not worth the price. And I just, that was way before we were ever able to respond to any any of these reviews and so i just desperately wish it came through email because then i could tell them hey your uh your mute button's on yeah. let's fix that yeah <laughs> yeah the, the, there's definitely an interesting culture of reviewing apps in the app store having helped clients on the android side you know i noticed generally it's a much more positive interaction on the android side versus the ios side one star reviews are very much a tool that the customers use and i've never quite gotten that as much because like we're humans we we want to we're at least we are the good eggs we're trying to ship good apps um i realize that there are some bad apps on the app store but we're trying our best to ship some good ones and it, yeah it's like just just reach out why why are you writing this one star it one of them i loved was like it you know do not buy it doesn't work it's like Yes, it does for 99% of my customers. I'm sorry you're having a problem. Please reach out to me so I can help you. Have either of you worked in retail? Because I like I worked in retail for several yeah. years. Yep. And one of the things that people do 
when they are upset with whatever company. I was working for a phone company, so they were upset because their phone wasn't working or was was broken or whatever. And they wouldn't come in and just kind of calmly tell you what the problem was and like you so that you could walk through it. Quite often they would just come in and they would just yell at you. And that's it. It's like default straight into the yelling. I'm really cranky with you and I just, I like, you know, you should go and die. And I, I think that part of that is just, an, it's this idea that like the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease or whatever that, you know, that phrase is. The louder that you complain about something, the more help you'll get, which uh, I guess people think that by writing a one-star review, they're going to like, you know, we're going to drop everything to run and try and ha- save them. Right. <laughs> and I mean, obviously that's, like we'll do as much as we can, but in the the good old days, that didn't really help much, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's that, and also they just they probably they feel wronged for whatever reason, and they want an outlet. Mm. And it might not even be that they <laughs> expect to get anything out of it. You know, some of them, uh, some of the reviews I've seen that are one star are more trying to warn future people, so they're not swindled by that slopes developer. Uh, <laughs> it was actually one of the reviews I got a long That's time snake ago. Snake oil salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're 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 trying to help other people, and they're also very angry. So those two combined, I think, are you know why I've seen a lot of the the negative reviews publicly. I think with things like Yelp reviews and Amazon reviews, I think it's almost kind of just commonplace to just shout angrily and hopefully get your way it is but at least those have critical positive reviews you know people who actually are critiquing a restaurant on actual merit not just mad and i think that that positive critique of apps isn't as ingrained in the app store culture as the negative is and i think that's maybe because they're so used to a bunch of faceless companies in the app store or a bunch of developers who just ship a side project and then never support it yeah. you know the app store is so many apps and a ton of them are that's shit true. that's true so like i can get that and also the the concept that like for a long time there was no replying to reviews yes and so it was kind of along the lines of like when you have a problem like booking flights for example and your first instinct might be to just complain to your friend or your partner or you know somebody somebody close to you that will be like oh yes yeah i I feel your pain and that's it like that might be the the entire outcome of your bad experience and i think part of the bad review thing is like it's just a void it doesn't like it has no meaning other than like trying to get other users of this app other people that are going to download this app to commiserate with you and to warn them off I think part of the reason that that still continues is because people don't realize that people are able to now reply to these reviews and things like uh, the Android store have had, they've had the ability to reply since effectively day one, I think. And it just meant that reviews weren't just a one-sided thing. They were a dialogue and, and that's always been the case. And that was the expectation yeah. that was set on day one. And the app store has never, never mm-hmm. had that expectation. Yeah, it's going to take a while to come back from that, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we, we, uh, we've we established we all ship apps that have bugs. None of our apps are perfect. <laughs> and we get either bad reviews or angry customer support emails or something. You know, stuff happens. Stuff always doesn't go right as hard as we try. Mm. That said, though, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily always bleak and hopeless. You know, I, I've certainly had some interactions that I've been able to turn around, be through App Store reviews and replying, 
or through customer support emails. What I'd, I'd be curious what's worked well for you two. And if you have any of those interactions that you remember that you've been able to kind of turn that customer around from somebody shouting into the void to somebody who's at least walking away, not as angry, or maybe even an advocate going forward. Admittedly, I've never responded to any of the app store reviews. Uh, I don't know if it's just sheer laziness or <laughs> because we're not on app, something like app figures, I don't get the notification that has come in. And so mm. I tend to miss the immediacy of replying. And then I just feel like it's gone too long and they probably don't care. And that's probably a mistake on my part. But I've had that my best turnarounds are from emails. Uh, they come in really angry and I quickly apologize. And usually they're like, oh, there's a person on the other end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I will be heard now. And, and, and I mentioned this back in a customer service episode that we did, but the biggest one was that we mistakenly used a non-native speaker for our Russian app. We got a one-star review declaring that this was not a native speaker. And so that, that killed our authenticity. That's what we wanted. We wanted an authentic voice and all yeah, of, yeah. a native voice for all of our apps. And so we immediately took it off and sent out an email. And then suddenly it turns out the one person that did write that, the review emailed us back and said, oh, I did not expect even a reply or even any type of response um, based on that one star review. The fact you took down the app. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I think people assume that they'll just leave bad apps up there. And that was, that's just not something we would ever do. And so in in turn, she became our biggest advocate once we re-recorded the app actually with her. And she now loves Gus on the go and tells everyone about it. So that's awesome. I've certainly had similar experiences with my like Twitter searches and stuff like that. One of the things that I pick up on, like that I track is the name of my app. And so I will pick up on conversations that people are having about the app and that allows me to jump in if i feel the need to creepy stalker yeah creepy stalker (laughs) so people don't always uh reply to that like reply to that sort of stuff because generally like i'm just reaching out to try and figure out what what is wrong with stuff or whatever like i don't Mm -hmm. i won't jump in if they're just saying like that it's a thing or whatever but one of the things that I picked up on was one that said, uh, like, GIF wrapped has worked really well for me. And sometimes you have to find some janky workarounds. And I was like, janky workarounds? I don't want you to have to find janky workarounds. So I replied to that. <laughs> and that prompted a bunch of, like, a, an email conversation back and forth because I got her over to, like, to send, sending me an email with all the problems that she was having. And I was able to fix some of those things. And it's not that then she then went and, like, you know, started talking me up, but that person walked away and was generally happier with how the, like, pretty happy with how that conversation went. But I'm happy with just people, you know, being able to say good things as opposed to, like having to preface things with like, oh, you know, it works if you do it this way or whatever. Yeah, that mm, works for me. Yeah, I've had one that comes to mind pretty often for me is back when Slopes was a paid app, family sharing came out. So I opted into that. Um, but now that it's behind an in-app purchase, that can't be family shared. But I still have that nice little mm-hmm. family sharing badge on my app store page. And that confuses a lot of users. So that's one that fortunately, usually they email me instead of one star me for. But that's what I'm usually able to turn around pretty well, where they'll email me like, hey, this isn't working. What's going on? And I just explain like, hey, I'm sorry. Apple makes this confusing as hell. And I have yet to figure out how to remove that icon from my product store page. 
However, go ahead, set up the accounts for each of your family members, and I can manually do that for you on my back end. And if you keep subscribing, it'll automatically copy forward. Like, it'll work like it should with family sharing. And they're just like, oh, wow, you're going to put in all this manual effort to make something work that Apple isn't making work automatically? Like, you're going to do that for me? I love this. Thank you. (laughs) And a lot of those emails start out kind of not always angry, but very confused and disappointed. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. usually one of the ones that I'm pretty easily able to turn around, which is nice, because then I have a family of people that's very happy with slopes. It's it's funny how that sort of stuff, like all three of us have done, not necessarily this huge thing, but done something and people have turned their opinions around. I, I think that's a real credit to being able to respond to stuff. For the longest time, as we mentioned, we hadn't been able to reply to stuff and that's caused a like that's caused something of an expectation within people that review yeah. things on the app store but i think that is getting turned around and i think a lot of that is to do with the the ability to talk to people and solve things and I like I I really appreciate that I think. Yeah, that's something that well I so I'm cheating that process a little bit. Um I think I mentioned back in the customer support episode that whenever they do interact with me via my customer support email account, I have a signature on there that's something to the effect of like hey, a, you know, a five-star review is worth its weight in gold to independent developers. If you have a second, would you mind? And it it that's definitely a very nice feedback loop that I notice is when I reply to customer support with that in there. Within a day or two, you know, maybe 30% of the time, maybe not that high, but a significant amount of the time, I'll notice a four or five star review pop in about how well the developer was able to take care of me, or sometimes they don't even mention that and just glow about the app. But that's something, yeah, the the ability to interact with them and show that you're human and that you're trying, I, I think goes a long way when people are used to, you know, companies like Comcast, that their Twitter handle Comcast cares. That's just, that's a joke in and of itself. Those are the ones you really shout at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are the true voids. <laughs> so it sounds like we've had some good interactions that we've been able to turn the customers around, you know, turn someone who's very angry at us into someone who's at least not as angry. What about customers that have turned you two around? Over the course of the years, we've gotten emails about, They've downloaded Spanish, and then they claim they got Italian, uh, which is also impossible <laughs> to ship the wrong binary from Apple. And what happens is that the Italian flag and the Mexican flag are very, very similar. They're similar in colors, and the main difference is that there's a huge emblem in the middle of the Mexican flag. Mm. But we use the Mexican flag to represent Spanish, and that's because... um our base is U.S. based, and that's the type of Spanish we would learn if you were in the U.S. Mm, yeah, it makes sense. But I think that's worldwide, it's not as recognizable. And the first time it came around that we got an email about it, we we're like, you know, whatever. Like They just made it. One person makes a mistake, and, you're, and you kind of pass it off. And then later, we got a one-star review for the same reason. And we're like, okay, that's a coincidence, right? that two people made the same mistake. And for a while, we didn't get any type of um, re- feedback about that until a month ago that I got that e- same email like, you know, I just got Spanish, but I downloaded Spanish. I paid money for it and I got Italian. This is not, give me my money back. And then I was like, you know what? I can't be upset 
or annoyed. It's just a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have to recognize like five years in, we can't just ignore these. We There is a problem and maybe it's not a huge majority, but we should address this somehow. Like maybe specify this is that this is Latin American Spanish or something like that, or be more explicit with the language, even though nobody reads the app description or anything. Yeah. I'm trying to get into a more positive mindset when we get these reviews that even though there's they're negative and they're angry like i need to see what what is the problem right that they're really experiencing and and not necessarily just pass them off as unable to identify flags (laughs) (laughs) you should be able to identify every flag in the entire world (laughs) at a glance i only know my flags now because i work on gus on the go so i know like a handful maybe yeah (laughs) I probably couldn't have told you the difference between the Mexican flag and the Italian flag. I'll yeah, be honest. Yeah, right, yeah, right. And it's a, it's a, seems like it's a reasonable thing. Yeah. For me, when, uh, when GIF Wrapped first launched, it had a section like a Twitter section that allowed you to view your Twitter stream, your Twitter whatever, your, you know, the people, the stuff where people were posting. Um, but just filtered down to GIFs. And around a year or so after GIF Wrapped launched, Twitter embraced, quote, embraced GIFs <laughs> and uh, started turning them all to videos so that they could host them and that it wouldn't you know, be a huge bandwidth thing for them because um, GIFs are not particularly good at being small. So <laughs> they, yeah, they would turn them to videos and that actually broke GIF wrapped. It broke that section of GIF wrapped and suddenly those, the tweets that people were posting with GIFs in them weren't showing up because technically they were videos now. And so people started to complain and write bad reviews and uh, email me and all sorts of stuff. And eventually that caused me to like just delete that thing because I just wanted them to go away and I didn't have the time or the ability or the resources to like deal with having to deal with you know Twitter's GIF situation. And as I'm as I'm releasing this, I'm thinking, yeah, this is good. This is going to solve all my problems forever, except that it didn't. And people started complaining now because the feature that they loved was gone completely. And I had solved one problem by creating another. So eventually, I think last year, maybe, or the year before, I forget my times, I released a feature that allowed you to import Twitter GIFs, aka videos, into GIF Wrapped and convert them back to GIFs so that you could then post them back onto Twitter as videos and then import them back (laughs) oh god the artifacts yeah oh it's terrible oh man but uh it is you know that i feel like that's a pretty good indication of like a situation that ended up getting turned around simply because of the amount of reviews and emails and stuff that i got because i saw that it was clearly a problem and once there's you know for every 10 emails or whatever i would get you can assume that there's plenty more people that actually, you know, that want that, but aren't Oh, they never bother. Yeah, yeah. They, would, they, yeah. they just can't be bothered complaining. So for every 10, there's, say, 100. And so I was getting hundreds. So let's say thousands of people wanted this thing. So I, it, was, it was large enough that I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay attention to this and I'm going to figure it out. And... That continues. I continue to do that and I'm doing, I'm making changes to how that works so that like it can be better for, for people and try to make the app better. Yeah. On the, the idea of everybody staying silent except for the, you know, the vocal one to 10% or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, one of the emails I always hated getting, uh, was people who any kind of data loss I take seriously. Oh. But the one I didn't really account for was people who 
don't back up and restore their phones. Or when they get a new phone and they decide, I'm going to set this one up fresh, I didn't realize how big this was. So Slopes before uh, November 20, what year is it? November 2017, didn't have any kind of backend service to it. Didn't have sync, didn't have anything like that. But people still had to create an account for the in-app purchases. So that led some people to assume, even though it wasn't said anywhere, that I included online backup and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's a fair assumption to make. Running apps do that. Everyone does it. So a lot of people would get a new phone, log into Slopes, and their data wouldn't be there. And they'd be very, very sad about that. Now, sometimes they'd have an iTunes backup and I could point them to an app that would let them, you know, pick apart the iTunes backup Mm. and grab their data out of it. But more often than not, it was gone. And this is an email I would get maybe, I don't know, twice a month. Like it wasn't a high volume email. But to me, that was catastrophic because Mm. you lost all that precious data. And I know how sad that can be. Yeah. So that actually was half of the reason I ended up writing my sync code. You know, this wasn't something that affected a lot of people. But for the people it affected, it was major. And again, I knew that there are a lot of people who are just probably saying screw it and deleting the app when they got annoyed. Yeah, I feel like data loss is the reason people jump to something else. Like, or not the yeah. reason, but like it's a huge reason to be like, it's well, a big one. all my data go- is gone anyway, so I may as well, you know, I'm pissed off. Yeah, there's nothing keeping there anymore. Yeah. And in their eyes, it's Slopes' fault. It didn't matter that, no, they weren't using iCloud backup or they weren't using an iTunes backup or they decided to do it fresh. And of course, when you do it fresh, your data doesn't pull over. Right. But it, that doesn't matter. I mean, ultimately, yeah. the customer didn't do a step, but I can't fault them for it. Like, I need to make slopes foolproof. And that was definitely an interaction that, even though I got it rarely, was a big enough deal in and of itself that I wrote a sync backend <laughs> for it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one that managed to turn me around and change my app. So what about reviews that you've gotten that are not, helpful at all i've had personally i've had reviews that are just like hang on scroll back up to the one stars i was looking at the five stars because i can't (laughs) (laughs) i've had ones that are just like was awesome no longer works sad (laughs) one star just like reviews that don't help i mean that one's not necessarily like hurtful but it's still not particularly helpful not useful yeah Yeah, it's not something that i can go oh yeah i'll fix that it's like i'll fix my entire <laughs> app <laughs> i feel like that's all technical support it <laughs> gives yeah. you the right information i've had some great ones like uh works great one star <laughs> oh my god <laughs> maybe they just got the the rating system wrong it was the opposite that was my assumption <laughs> one star is the best But no, yeah, I've gotten some, like I said earlier, you know, don't buy, it doesn't work. Mm. Clearly my app works. It's had a five-star rating since it's been in the app store, like, which actually, quick aside, was abusing. I had a lady reach out to me because she had a problem and she didn't want to leave a negative review because she saw how well-reviewed the app was. So she wanted to see if there was a problem first. Like, why don't all customers think like that? But anyway, like, you know, don't buy, (laughs) doesn't work. You know, the fact that thousands of people are using this and are happy Um, or like pricing complaints, they feel swindled. Like, yeah, they're... There are a lot of them um, that I, I feel like most of my negative ones at this point are stuff like that. They're just non-constructive. They're just somebody screaming into the void because they're upset for some reason. And I can't do much to help them. I don't know if I get reviews like that, but they're the ones that frustrate me the most are the ones that are just like, my kids learned so much out of this, but there's not enough content. <laughs> like three stars. <laughs> like things that are like in between... And for a 399 app, your kids learned a whole lot of 
uh, vocabulary, but it wasn't enough for like three ninety nine. <laughs> that's that's just like I'm not sure what you expected out of three ninety nine. But um, I think those are the toughest ones because I I think those are the ones where you feel like they're just never going to be happy no matter how much content there is in there. Yeah, that's some of the most popular non-constructive reviews I have are pricing complaints. That's just I think the nature of the app store. That's, I think, the easiest thing for people to complain about. Fortunately, I have a free app, so that doesn't hurt to me. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't occur to me. They don't say things like, why do I have to pay to get rid of ads or something like I that? feel like I've had maybe one or two where they've been like, I have to pay for things. I've definitely had ones like a really long time ago where people bought like one because I have a bunch of in-app purchases and then an in-app purchase to like buy all the other ones if that makes any mm. sense like a yeah. coverall one and p- some people will buy one of the individuals and then be like okay I'm gonna buy the big one but then the big one doesn't drop in price because I don't have any sort of like weird right. bundle thing set up and I've heard people complain about that, which is kind of legitimate, but it's it doesn't happen often enough that I care. Well, I mean, I care, but only only yeah. slightly. Yeah, well, like yeah, it's like a it. dollar. Kids, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where I'm I'm screwed because like I charge real money. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> But I, I charge 20 bucks a year. I mean, in the app store, that's real money. So that's where yeah. I definitely get plenty of people complaining about my price where, you know, the one that I mentioned earlier, like they feel swindled because, you know, they downloaded this free app, recorded a day, got a bunch of data for free, recorded their second day and got 50% of that data for free. And that first day I warned them that their second day they would get less data for free. Like I try my, I try so hard to educate users that eventually you're going to have to pay for this, but they just want it for free. And so I think that's like out of my one stars that aren't just, I, you know, I shipped a crasher or something like that. Like the pricing complaints for me are always the most popular because people always want it to be cheaper. It, it'll never be. Like, I'll have people who say, oh, they wish it was $7 or something like that. And it's like, spoilers, when I launched Slopes, it was $7 (laughs) for two years. You should have bought it back then. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're never happy. And back then, they wanted it for $2.99. So, like, yeah, yeah, pricing ones are just, I don't know, when you charge real money, it's a very common complaint in the App Store. So, in general, what's your process that you do when you get a negative review? Cry. <laughs> Cry in the corner. Yeah. No. <laughs> I have to say they they stick, right? Like I think I carry these things around too much. I, I try to ignore them and, and try to get over it as quick as possible, but I think it's always in the back of my mind those one star reviews. <laughs> yeah, they they can hurt a little. Yeah, and it's hard because you have to I, I feel like you kinda need to see this stuff. Like good reviews are great, but bad reviews actually help you. They save you customers long term. Yeah, yeah. Like they're going to be the ones that you can actually deal with. I don't know about you two, but I have no idea how to respond to good stuff. I can get a good review and I just, it's like, yes, this feels nice, but what? Like, what do I do next? Yeah. With a bad review, at least I can, like, there's some sort of recourse that I can do. I can reach out to said person. Mm-hmm. Even the non-constructive ones, I will reach out to them these days. I haven't gone back and done it for, like, older reviews. But if I get a thing that's just like, this doesn't work, I will say, well, I'd love to hear what's not working for you. Just send me an email. Just do whatever. Like, I will. I want to be helpful. 
and some of the things that we've talked about where we've gotten bad reviews and we've been able to turn them around, we've gotten bad reviews and they've made changes to the way that we do things with our apps. I think that I think they're important. I think there's something that is that you need to pay attention to, but they are difficult to handle. Like really hard. Yeah. They come from strangers. Yeah. So. Well, strangers who are angry. Yes. And yes. in their mind, rightfully yeah. so. Yeah. Right. Generally, when I get a bad either interaction via email or review, you know, my first response is as long as it's something I can actually fix. Like if they're just complaining about pricing, I don't reply to those anymore. Yeah. Like that's an argument you can't win. At all? No. I, mm-hmm. I used to have even a candy email for like, hey, I stand by my pricing, stuff like that. There's just no point. And yeah. especially if they're in the reviews, because you can't win that fight in public. Like, you that's just look true. like a developer fighting someone publicly. Like, that's not going to work. Hmm. But as long as it's something that I can actually address in some form, like if they're saying like, oh, this app crashed, same as Jelly, I'll reach out and be like, hey, how can I help? So like, that's where like most of the negative ones, at least, I'll reply to and try and put out some kind of olive branch to try and get them to like, hey, use that send feedback form inside my app because then I can help you because it attaches to bug logs and all kinds of fun stuff. So that's generally my strategy is, you know, try and encourage them to use my built in feedback mechanisms, not to try and keep them out of public, but just so that I can actually technically support them with more information Mm -hmm. than, oh, the app crashed and try and work from there to salvage that as best I can, even if that means sometimes offering, you know, a free day pass or a free trip pass. Um, fortunately, with my back end, I can gift that kind of stuff pretty easily. But, you know, do something to try and make the situation right without me feeling like I'm being going too far, I guess. You know, I don't offer everyone a free season pass. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that you've also got to be mindful of, reviews are great for helping your customers and for making your app better and stuff. But you're still a person. Like, you are still a person. And they're not going to care about your well-being so much. Until maybe until after they realize that you are actually a person and not some like nameless <laughs> void. Oh, I think some of them would take some sick pleasure in knowing that I'm crying in a corner because of their review, but not most of them. <laughs> most of them are good natured people. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So I, I think like it's important as always with anything like as an indie, you need to look after yourself. You are important because without you, your app doesn't happen. It doesn't work. And with the case of like dealing with criticism and dealing with like bad reviews and dealing with nasty emails or whatever, sometimes the best approach is to do nothing at all and just mm-hmm. let yourself deal with it first. That can help in a number of different ways because if somebody says something that makes you really angry but in, in return, which I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, yeah, I've gotten reviews and emails that have like all I've wanted to do is just chew them out right back. And one of the best things you can do is walk away and just leave it and not look at it for yeah. a while and then come back to it when you like have been able to process that and then respond because it doesn't matter. Even if you reply in the same instance that you get that review, they're not going to see it for another how long because it goes through some sort of review process. So yeah, like it doesn't like you don't need to respond to everything immediately. Sometimes taking time first and then dealing with responses if you have to is the best approach. I actually think I try to respond. I do try to respond immediately, but like if they're continually angry, then I kind of just give it some time because I've at least done the first like triage yeah. email. Yeah, I, I do. I think I also fall to. I generally try and reply quickly, but I'm okay. 
ish at forcing myself to always be diplomatic. Like I've been doing this customer support long enough that I'm able to get into that mindset where even if I'm somewhat hurt by that email, I am still able to get that reply off quickly because another success I found is that if I'm replying quickly, that blows a lot of people away Mm. and nothing unhealthy, like, you know, within 30 minutes guaranteed, but even within 48 hours, people are like, holy shit, you got back to me. I expected to be cursing into an empty inbox that nobody ever checks. So I do try and reply quickly just to maybe turn that around. Yeah, I, I think I think where I'm coming from is that a while ago I had similar to a situation that you were talking about, Curtis. I've had situations where like I've accidentally caused a bunch of data loss. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't cause the data loss. Whatever. I mean, that's on you, man. Whatever. <laughs> My customers <laughs> caused to, the I'm data to, loss. There. I'm trying to find meaning. Right. <laughs> trying to connect with you, I'm trying Curtis. To find, find friends. <laughs> trying to find friends in the app store. You're looking in the wrong place. <laughs> Looking for friends in all the wrong places. <laughs> I've had situations where I've been getting, like, en masse a bunch of emails that are bad. Ooh. Things where, like, a bunch of people, like, I've, I'm getting data loss. And like I said before, like, for every one email that I get, there's got to be nine at least other people that are, yeah. like, that are also dealing with this but haven't said anything. So, it there was a situation there where, like, I there was a bunch of data loss happening with people and it caused me to just spiral out because I was getting all of these emails and I was trying to do everything that I could, but the fact of the matter was I couldn't respond to reviews about this stuff. So, I couldn't respond to certain, like, to some of these things. And then on top of that, at the time, the App Store's review process for, like, releasing apps was taking a couple of weeks at least. And so there's like a time period there where it's like, I've fixed the problem, but I, and I'm waiting for it to go out. I can't do anything. And all I want to do is like help you, but I can't, like, there's not much that I can. That's got to be soul crushing. Do. And oh, it's, man. And it's yeah. like, it caused, it really did cause me to like spiral into depression. And there was a time oh. period there for a week or so that I was just, I couldn't look at my emails. And as much as I want to respond to you and help you and do that in a timely, fashion yeah sometimes you got to step away and like i'm not suggesting that That's everybody's going to yeah. have that same situation because not everybody's going to be an idiot like me no we're all idiots that's a, it's oh, yeah. a matter that's of time <laughs> <laughs> but i think the, uh, some of the important thing is is that you've got to look after yourself when it comes to bad reviews you've mm-hmm. got to look after you've got to look after yourself yeah. nobody like they're not going to care they're not gonna, like even if they do care about you as a person like you know that then they're only going to hold back so much and uh you know that they've got every right to complain if you've if there's an issue yeah so it's up to you as as the person creating the app and as the person who is in charge of your own kind of well-being take a step back if you need to and let yourself be in a good place before you deal with criticism because you can't deal with criticism if you're not in a good place i think yeah so I think we can all agree that while we dislike the feeling of criticism, it's good for us and we can all learn to deal with it as best as we can. It's inevitable. Even if it's not good for <laughs> us, you got to learn to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the business, folks. It's true. We're all learning to be better developers. Uh, so if you would like to get in touch with us. Send us positive feedback. <laughs> Please, please, no. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Do you like this podcast? (laughs) Bing. Please click here. (laughs) Are you telling them to to search on Bing? Is that a thing? No. no. Sound effects. Spiraling, spiraling. (laughs) You can get in touch with us at hello at independence.fm or independence.fm slash contact. 
You can sometimes find me on Twitter. I'm at eat a duck I must. And I'm at parrots, the plural of the bird. And I am jelly bean soup. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Bye-bye.